Well, in this episode of the AC Sports Report, we have Mr. Paul Bernsdorf, the Executive Director for the MIAA. This is Connor Newcomb from the Locked On Orioles podcast. For athletes of all types, both on and off the field, the Sports Medicine Institute at LifeBridge Health is a game changer. Led by board-certified physicians using state-of-the-art equipment, the Sports Medicine Institute at LifeBridge Health will have you back to what you love. To learn more, go to www.lifebridgehealth.org slash sportsmedicine or call 410-870-7940. If you've been looking for someone that talks about youth sports in the DMV, from basketball to football, volleyball, soccer, lacrosse, baseball, and softball, you've found it. We are the authority. We are the authority. This is the AC Sports Report. There's a thriving community of youth sports in the DMV, and we cover it all. From interviews to game reports to player scouting, public and private schools, and we even cover the college recruiting process. This is the AC Sports Report, and here's your host, John Miller. Paul, welcome. Thanks for coming. Thank you for inviting me, John. I look forward to talking to you today. Dude, this is like the first couple weeks of this new position. I can't believe I got you to to agree to do this. And I appreciate you being willing to join me via Zoom from your home office. It's great. It's you know, it's it hasn't even been a couple of weeks. It's this is actually the seventh day. So I'm very new in this position and just learning. Uh, can we t- can we talk a little bit about Paul Bernstorff? Maybe let's go back. Can we go back to high school? So I went to the school district of Haverford Township. It's the public school just outside of Philadelphia. Nice. And did you play sports there, sir? I, I had some great coaches, and I was very fortunate to play uh, football, baseball, and I actually played volleyball in the wintertime there, and boys' volleyball team, and had some great people that mentored me. So I know you did a bunch of football coaching, but I didn't know that you played baseball. So that's interesting, especially as good as the Orioles are doing right now. Oh, I love the Orioles. They're doing a great job. Michael Elias has done a great job getting good young talent, and the guys are exciting every night. It's yeah. really fun to watch right now. It is. Adler Austin's tremendous. I can't. I went down to Bowie last year and saw uh, Grayson Rodriguez, and what, what a great player he's going to be. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, uh, what position did you play in high school? So, in high school, I, I kind of was a play pitcher, catcher, and third base, and then uh, I was fortunate enough to go on in uh, college and just be a pitcher. So, pitcher, catcher, third base. These are all guys that have good arms. You kind of have to have a pretty good arm to play those spots. Yeah, that, I can throw the ball a little bit. And I'm guessing since you also played third base, you were not left-handed because I haven't seen a whole lot of left-handed third basemen. Oh, I'm, I'm a right-hander. Okay, good, good. Uh, then you went on to play baseball. You went to college. You played baseball. Where did you go, sir? I, I played at the University of Richmond. I had a great experience. Um, it was It was really a wonderful experience for me to get to travel around and play at that level and play against some great players. I'm very fortunate. That's very cool. So we talked about the mascot for Richmond is the? The Richmond Spiders. The Richmond Spiders. So I'm even more impressed with your high school mascot. Now, you went to the Haverford High School in Pennsylvania. What was their mascot again? And it was the Haverford Fords. So you know, we're, we're real creative here. You know, they took an old Ford car, and that made it, uh, our mascot. So I, I actually like that. I'm going to have to look up the Haverford Ford's mascot just so I can see what this mascot looked like. Um, that's that's fun to know. That's very exciting. So but you got out of college and you went on to your professional career. You didn't play professional sports. Is that correct? 
I did not. But you stayed in sports uh, and by by coaching and teaching and being involved in youth athletics. What was your first job out of school? Um, I was a math teacher, football and baseball coach at, at my high school. At Haverford. I did that for one year. And then I followed a very, very good friend out to Columbus, Ohio. and worked at the Columbus Academy and was a teacher and coach out there coaching football and baseball and did that for seven years out there. So Haverford was a public school. Is that right? Yes. And the Columbia Academy or the Columbus Academy in Ohio was a private school. It was a private school. Interesting uh, combination there. And then you went back to Haverford for a minute. Then I went back to Haver. I went back to Haverford Township, but I, I taught at the private school there. Oh. Public, but taught at the private for seven years. Interesting. And eventually you found your way down here to Maryland. Came down 83, I guess. Came down 83. Beautiful Baltimore. And you spent a little time at St. Paul's. I've been there for quite a number of years. And about 26, 7, 8, something like that. Did you coach and teach there as well? I, I did. I, I started at St. Paul's as a math teacher, football and baseball coach. And then after a couple of years, I became the athletic director and, and football and baseball coach at the same time. So I've kind of been pretty busy my whole life. So obviously you, you, you thought it was a good idea. At least you liked what you're doing. I think it's a great idea if the coach is also in the building during the day. I don't think there's anything wrong with the coach not being in the building because most schools probably can't have every coach have a job as well. It, it just probably doesn't work out that way. But I see a whole lot of benefits to having your coach being your math teacher or your history teacher or your English teacher. I, I think that's just a great combination of student athlete or youth athletics that the kid can benefit from long term. I think it's a win-win for both parties. I think as a, as a coach, you, you sometimes get to see that really quiet student in your classroom be, you know, excited and energetic and everything outside. And by the same token, that st student sees you as a teacher and you as a coach and, and can understand a little bit about where you come from and what you stand for and what you're all about. And so it's a win-win for both people. And it's really great that we can work together. And it's, it is education-based athletics that we're teaching. So you know, we're always trying to teach those life lessons. Yes, sir. So this MIA thing, this new executive director position, uh, imagine, I think I read that Lee Dove had intended to retire before the pandemic or around the beginning of the pandemic, but then stuck around just because of the transition and the timing. So this search committee looking for a new executive director, this must have, must have been going on for a while for you. Uh, I think I put my application in sometime in early March. And it, we finally settled and got a, got a, offered the opportunity. I think it was July 25th or something like that. It took a long time. Wow. And now, surprise, here you are. You're the executive director. What's the school going to do without you, sir? I think they'll be fine. St. Paul's has existed for a really long time, and a lot of great people have come and gone, and it's still there. It's, it's a great institution. Good. So a little transition for you here, going from that to this. And uh, transitions are good and, and sometimes hard, but... Uh, I, I think the MIA is going to be in a good position to to have this happen for you. Can we talk a little bit about the position at the MIA? The executive director, That's that sounds fancy. What does the executive director do? Uh, well, the executive director is responsible for all the, the athletic events and, and activities that occurred in the league, from eligibility verification to schedules to policies and procedures to putting on championships and and um, trying to cover all the expenses for all of those things. So it's um, it's a big deal. The, the league is really run, the nuts and bolts of the leagues are run by the athletic directors of each individual school. They all have votes to determine what happens. I kind of try and keep them going on the right path and working together. And then there's a board of governors of heads of schools that are 
that oversee the entire league and make sure that we implement the, the policies properly and are going in the right direction. So it's a, it's a really strong league. It's one of the best leagues in the country. Outstanding. Ooh, that's a lot. Okay, so you, there's a board of governors. There's also each athletic director from each member school. And I think you told me there's either 28 or 29 schools in the MIA. Right. Right. That's a lot of stuff going on and a lot of people to, to, to coordinate things with. Uh, the championship games, uh, you're responsible for the end of the season kind of organizing and helping them happen? Correct. We have to secure the venue. We've got to set it up and make sure we have a, we provide an, a, an outstanding educational experience for the kids. Something they're really proud of and maybe remember the rest of their lives. Whew, that's a lot to do. So now I just want to get an idea of the, the Board of Governors. There's like a half a dozen of those from each school. And then there would be like 28 ADs. A lot of people to coordinate. So your staff must be seven, eight, you know, maybe a dozen people helping you, sir? Yeah, it's just um, one other person helping me, and she's outstanding. She's been with the league since 1994, and she really makes the league go in the heart and soul of the organization. Outstanding. That's It's always good. The people that help you, you want to shout them out and make sure they feel appreciated. And I've Absolutely. Had, I've communicated with her a couple of times. She does a fantastic job. So if she's listening, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> this has gone by fast. I feel like I, I've learned a bunch about you. Um, what I would like to do is at the end, I try to ask – the coaches or whoever's on the podcast, if they had advice or if they had to the opportunity to talk to someone right here, whether it's a parent, a kid, uh, another AD or, or a coach, what advice would you have for that person? Oh, I, there are a lot of great things I could probably tell people. I think first of all, it's, you know, we all sit back and, and as a, as a young athlete, you are, you aspire to that, you know, athletic scholarship is where you're trying to go. And, and I think if you really sat down and thought about it, you know, your money would probably be far better invested if you did it in academics, but we love athletics. People are passionate about athletics. And if you, and I think there's opportunities, if you continue to work at those things, there's a place for you to play someplace. Um, I, I think uh, it's really important to remember that high school sports are education-based athletics. We are, the coaches are in here trying to teach life lessons to your sons and daughters. They, they really care about those guy, guys and girls. They want great experiences. They want them to feel really proud of themselves. They want them to feel accomplishment. They want to see them develop. Um, sometimes parents want so much for their child that they, they, they lose a little bit of perspective and they think it's a coach versus a player. And it's really not. Every, every coach wants every student to have a great experience. And we may not always agree on how to do that, but that's what the coaches really want. And, and parents want their sons to have great experiences. They want them to be successful. Um, I think it's, it's hard sometimes because students can't always be the star of the team. Everybody has to kind of fill their role. And it's part of, I talk about education. It's you, you learn early on when you're on a, a team to do whatever's best for the team, how to help the team. And when you get out of school and you get a job, you learn whatever's best for the company. How can I get, I start at the bottom and I work my way up and I keep getting a better job and better promotion and better opportunities. And the same thing is true through athletics. We, we, we need everybody to realize that we're here to help you grow and become a better person. So before we go, communication is a big part of this. We talked about this briefly before we started the show. I imagine you're you're overwhelmed, a little overwhelmed. Maybe that's not the right world, but you're you're busy enough to probably not field every uh, phone call. And we're not going to give out your phone number on this on this podcast. But uh, is there a typical communication route that parents or kids kids should follow if they had a league question or a, or, or a sports question and that involved the league? How would you recommend the the kid or the parent communicate? I, I think it's really important for any communication problem between a student and a coach. 
I think parents should encourage their students, teach them to ask the questions they want to know about. You know, go up and do that. Support your son and daughter and help, and help them make that question, but make them learn to ask the question. And then if, if the answer doesn't come back quite the way they'd like it to be, or, or maybe they don't understand the answer, then go to the next person along the line. Go to the athletic director. See what he can do to help you. See if he answers the question a little bit better, it can help you a little bit more. And if you don't feel like you get an answer to your question, then, then you just keep working your way up the channel. And eventually you can call the MIA office and we'll be glad to try and help you or guide you or give, help you any way we can. Well said. So the last thing I was curious about, communication uh, is important, but I see websites, I see social media, I see all kind of stuff out there. And I think the website for the MIA, the official website is miaasports.net. I visit that quite often. I love watching out for scores. <laughs> I love schedules. I'm like, all right, who's playing? When are they playing? Who won? Oh, my God. Anyway, but social media has become almost as important. Um, and I'm not sure. Does MIA have an approved social media presence? So we do have an approved social media presence on Facebook and on Instagram. Um, you know, I should probably t- that's one of the things I want us to try and talk about and, and investigate a little bit more. Uh, when I was a coach. I would walk off the field and every parent in the stands would come up and tell me the score of every game that happened around the league instantaneously. And they were texting and they had all this information right away. And, and um, as a league, we haven't really been as sharp as maybe we could be on that. Um, I'm not sure we'll ever catch up to the parents. They're on top of it all the time, but I think it's something I need to look into. You know, I have a meeting next week with our tech people, uh, tech committee and try and learn a little bit more about our social media presences and what we can do to try and, put timely information up there for parents and students and everyone who's interested. Mr. Paul Bernstorff, thank you so much. John, thanks a lot. Hope you have a great day. You've been listening to the AC Sports Report. As you know, there's a massive scene of youth sports in the DMV, and it's our passion to cover it all. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had fun. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.alstoncarlisle.com. Till next time, this has been the AC Sports Report.